this pleases me. Oh, yeah. This pleases me. This. Smart Home Technology. Technology. Alexa, please turn the heating up. I'm very cold. After that, please play. Digger Digger. Oh no, 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 no. I do not want this. Alexa, stop. Smart Homes. Stupid people. Smart Homes. Smart Homes, stupid people. Smart Homes, stupid people. Smart Homes. Stupid people. Smart Homes. Smart Homes, stupid people. Das war einer der Marke Feucht. Hi everyone, this is Madeline from Smart Home Stupid People. And this is Eris. <laughs> and today's topic or title of that episode is uh, called Deadline. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to fix a couple things up right now. <laughs> As uh, so always. why don't you, well, yeah. Uh, why don't you bring us in and tell us, uh, or tell everybody in the listening world uh, what we're doing today and what it's about? It's a good question. I actually don't really know, but... <laughs> Is that so? No, 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 I know. It's about, uh, yeah, as it said, deadline and the pressure that comes with deadlines. I'm not so sure what Eris will uh, talk about this <laughs> on his point of view from a smart home point of view, but um, he's a biologist. I've came across a lot of deadlines in my research and my work. And I am just about to really, um, how do you say that, break one, big one. Breakthrough? Break, not breakthrough, but fail. Oh, to, to just yeah. break a big deadline coming up. Yeah, to break a big deadline coming up, which is my my book. Uh, I have to have... Uh, have second to, book. The second book, you're right. I have to hand in the manuscript actually by tomorrow, to, tomorrow, the day after tomorrow. And I was sick since you guys might have uh, yeah, uh, heard in the last episodes. We talked about this as well, the pleasures of being sick. <laughs> and I was not able to finish that manuscript. And it's actually the first time that I'm really, yeah, um, not meeting a deadline that important. And it does not feel good. I have to say that, but mm -hmm. it's nothing I can do about it right now to just accept what is and to communicate that to my publisher. We'll see what they say about this. But I actually feel now that I accepted what is much better. Um, yeah, I feel much better. I feel relief because I just realized that, you know, I put myself under too much pressure, which was not necessary and something that I could not foresee, something that just happened that, you know, these things you can't just calculate into yeah. into your deadline making. And this is especially with the book. I don't know if you know uh, how that works, but once you sign the contract, they ask you when you will hand in the manuscript. So you have to kind of really roughly in your head um, estimate how long it will take, which is impossible. It's just not possible. And the first time in my book, the first book I was lucky, I kind of you know made it through in a good mm. time procedure. But with the second book, it was more, uh, more research work on my end and more thoughts that I had to put in. And so... A bit, bit more of a masterpiece from what I can reckon. Yeah, absolutely. And these masterpieces, they take time just as in nature, everything takes its time. You know, grass is not growing fast just because you pull on it and you want to <laughs> grow it faster. It's not working like that. You have the seasons and it takes it takes its time. So that's how I see it with the book as well. And I'm sure my publisher 
will understand even if they don't i guess they have to they, they will if, even if they don't i like that <laughs> they're going to understand something they're going to understand they like something not, and maybe also learn something from their end <laughs> because yeah i mean it's still it's the second book but still i'm i would say i'm not you know like a senior author yet i still need to make my mistakes and learn from things but I think this is something that we can discuss about today as well, yeah. the importance of meeting deadlines and why it is so uncomfortable to not meet. I think it also has something to do with our topic. Why, or could it be that the more accommodating our environment becomes that we're not able to take care of ourselves anymore? I guess it has, you can even apply that to the topic of deadlines where, you know, um, when you're always comfortable that you will meet your deadlines you know, you become very, I don't know, maybe not um, putting so much effort in it or mm -hmm. maybe not learning to work under pressure. Also, not learning how it feels to fail, to fail yeah. a situation. I have to be honest, it's actually the first time in my life that I'm really failing on that level. Um, I never had a situation where I really, you know, kind of will disappoint people that depend on my work to mm -hmm. submit. So it does not feel well uh, or good. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and But it's something I, I guess I have to experience and also to experience that the world will move on and the book will be published yep. uh, to a later yep. date of time. So Yeah, I agree. Um, and I, I think, you know, <clears throat> it's technically the topic of your book, the idea of stress <laughs> and how it actually um, helps us within yeah. our life and how it actually helps uh, what's what's the official topic in english or the 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 title in english do you think it'll be well yeah there's no official title well, yet let's loosely translate but, the german one yeah i mean that would be the unbelievable power of nature how stress leads animals and plants and how it, it guides animals and plants and you know what we would ask yourself what does it guide animals and plants <laughs> what could be stress a guideline for it and the idea of my book is that stress is a guideline to a better life to um better adapted life and that stress mm -hmm. arises when the fitness goes down and we talked about this a couple of times yeah. already so but maybe just to refresh your memories that fitness is basically the ability to reproduce and to live a long healthy happy life where you're able to reproduce so actually the prerequisite for a, a happy healthy life and when stress arises obviously something is attacking that <laughs> happy healthy life and so you have to change you have to adapt to that stressful situation in order to get back to the ability you know to be healthy and all that and the idea is that with each stressful situation that you are successfully dealt with in your life that you become even stronger and happier and happy healthier and have mm. more experiences in your life to deal with things that's why really trying new things and also risking failure is something that will at the end always benefit your life because you will make new experiences i mean the third time the third book i will write i'm sure there's another one coming <laughs> i absolutely know now what to do at and to avoid this situation where i'm so under so much pressure under so much stress um that won't happen again <laughs> yeah i said that the first time as well but this time i actually really have a better understanding well sometimes <laughs> sometimes we require a couple tries before you need we a couple actually, rounds uh, yeah hit it out of the park as we say true yeah and um you know looking back at one of our first episodes scope mm. mm -hmm. uh stress scope uh deadline 
Yeah. It, it, this all goes hand in hand. Absolutely. Maybe something to add to what I was just recently listening to. Um, I am... I started a meditation, Zen meditation, seven, eight years ago when I was also in a very stressful situation in my life. I was in the middle of my PhD, not really knowing what to do anymore and just completely losing connection to reality and what is important and what's not important. So I ended up in that one week meditation class in a German cloister, <laughs> which was really intense. We were not talking, we were just like sitting and looking against the wall basically for mm -hmm. the entire day really just trying to be with yourself uh, counting your breath and all that and since then I was pretty good with continuing that I, I always enjoyed it just sitting in silence and just being with myself that always calmed me down but I also realized lately there was so much going on that I had just no time and no energy for it anymore And so I could see that there was a relation between me stopping sitting in silence and really grounding myself mm -hmm. and becoming more and more confused and putting myself under pressure, not knowing what are my um, what is, is the important thing things in my life where I have to put my priorities. Yeah. And so the last week where I kind of really fell into that hole, that's <laughs> like what I'm going to do now, I have to decide will I make it or not. And obviously it was clear that I couldn't. But I actually came back to the to this kind of Zen meditation practice and looked even deeper into it and really took a lot of time to sit and be with myself. And I realized how much um, I missed it and how much I enjoy this as well. And also grounding yourself mm -hmm. more through that practice. Um, there's one German Zen uh, master, <laughs> Henek Polak, Polinski, I think is his name. I don't know. And he put it really well, something I just watched today where he said, you know, in order to find your, like the major principles in your life or what's really important for you, mm -hmm. just sit down in silence for maybe 25 to 30 minutes when you realize your head is not so talkative anymore, where you kind of feel the thoughts are fading away, you come to a more silent place. And where you just feel more relaxed. And then take a piece of paper with three different colors of um, pencils and then write down what are the most important things in your life. Something that is not pressing at this very moment, but it's very important to you. And that could be something like making music or being with your family. Really important, important things to you. That would you, you would regret at the end of your life that you would have not take more time to you know do these things and then write that down and also he said and then you can actually also uh, um pr pr uh, uh, distinguish between things that are maybe pressing but not important for you and he said then just say no don't do them <laughs> you know if these things maybe some some other people just told you that these things are very important and very pressing and you have to do them but they're not important for you mm. well then just skip them don't do them just say no But it's hard to to start somewhere because obviously if you did a lot of decisions in the past where you entangled yourself in, into a lot of affairs, a lot of responsibilities that you have, it's hard to just get out of them like that. But realizing again what's actually really important for you is the first step to change that um, for you in the future and to really reorder the priorities and you also said or gave the advice that for the things you really find very important for you in your life that give you pleasure that make you happy makes you ha make you happy that puts you in a flow mm -hmm. situation just every day for a couple hours in the morning or in the you know before lunchtime whatever take that time and be with that 
thing, whatever it is, making music, drawing, or, you know, playing with your cats or whatever mm -hmm. it is. So, yeah, I will focus on that in the next weeks. And I'm looking forward to the changes as well and to the grounding that I can already feel coming through this. Now, I know for a fact that um, I sometimes get carried away with my work, with mm. um, even just, you know, having broken my shoulder and my foot recently, getting carried away with just mm -hmm. healing. Yeah, uh, because you know, then it comes time where you you have to then start moving again, and um, sometimes it's very easy to just kind of sit in the comfort zone a little bit yeah. too long. And <laughs> I, I know when I went like right now we're we're in that season where we're we call it I call it the gray season, right? And that's uh, it's normal in Germany at the end of the year when the clouds start coming in, mm -hmm. and sometimes they just don't go away really until February. It's true, yeah, it's and very. Yeah, impressive time, it's, it's, a, it's a very hard time for Northern Europeans and a lot of people who move to Germany don't like don't expect it to be sometimes so intense, mm. depending obviously in what region you're in. And uh, so I, I I always try to make a, like a conscious effort to just in the morning get up and go out, Yeah, um, whether it be just for a little walk around the block through the forest pathway, whatever, mm. just to, just to do that. Because if, if not, I find, you know, the first thing I'll do is I'll go get my coffee. I'll sit around, I'll look out the window and I'll think, nah, I'll have a second coffee. <laughs> yeah, and, and, not and, today. <laughs> yeah and, and then the hours, you know, they mm. go by, I have, we have a nice big property. So there's a lot to do, um, here inside the, you know, and, and so, you know, I, I, I sometimes find myself, easily getting pulled into that rut where, mm. and then even certain areas in the forest that I just haven't been in in a long time. And then I'll want, I'll just, I'll just wake up and realize, you know what? I got to go. I got to take a nice yeah. long walk and go somewhere that takes an hour to walk to. And uh, by the time I'm there, I'm thinking to myself, how is it that I don't do this every day? Yeah, absolutely. Right? I agree. And yeah. this is something that uh, it's it's like, I think Madeline is talking about, obviously a big part of the, the mental health in order to cope with deadlines and to cope with stress yeah. and to cope with scope. And with me, I'm I, like, I know that deadlines have always been a blessing and a curse. Mm. And as a musician, you know, there's that, that, that classic sentence, the show must go on. <laughs> And that's where I must say I really learned more than anything um, how to build scope and how to just accept that when things don't work, mm -hmm. either you're going to compromise mm -hmm. or you're going to try something to make it go until that there's really no mm -hmm. possibility, right? Mm -hmm. like, until the until the train has left the station, you can still run, you know, even True. though you don't think you may make it, right? Yeah, and. This is something that I, that uh, it's, it's, there's a lot of counterintuitivity, I think, built into it as well, because in order to sometimes be successful and on scope, you end up doing, I end up doing a lot of things that a lot of people would think are not important. Mm -hmm. Madeline was talking about prioritizing and so on and so forth. And I think that with me um, and my successes, a lot of the, the the talent that I've learned and I've brought into my industry over the years comes off to other people as something very, very disturbing because a lot of people, when they've never worked with someone like me and then they start working with me, one second, the cat here is climbing all over the place. <laughs> She's like, wants to say hi. Here, just take her. Oh, I don't know if she wants oh, to stay with me. Put her over there. Yeah, okay. There we go. There you go, Fiona. She's climbing go. up on the keyboard. And <laughs> there we go. Um, Anyway, so I was just saying that uh, I, I know that 
a lot of my experience has led me to understand that um, meeting a deadline, it can be very counterintuitive. I tend to often spend a lot more time planning the details of a large project so that when the problems come and arise, I'm just so well prepared for mm -hmm. them that I can just you know, t you know, go right through them like they're nothing, like they're no longer problems, right? Yeah. Whereas a lot of people, they tend to think we're just going to ignore all possibility of problems and get the big stuff done first. Mm. And this I've seen a thousand times, whether it be with musicians or with uh, people in the in the building automation industry, specifically in the building automation industry, they 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 get like ninety to ninety five percent of that job done really quickly. And that last five to 10% mm -hmm. takes 90% of the time of the whole job. Mm -hmm. And they think to themselves in the beginning, oh, look at how much I've done right away. Mm -hmm. I've got lots of time and they choke and they don't meet their deadline. And I've seen this over and over and over mm -hmm. again, where that last couple percent, you know, the last five, 10%, this is the stuff that makes everything tie in together and makes it work mm -hmm. and makes sense of it. And if it, it, like a good example, um, I've done big buildings, right, with uh, 13, 15 floors, and each floor has um, like a, a large section in it, and that section might be uh, half the size of a football field, right? Mm -hmm. And so picture like three of those plus upwards as well, like, uh, you know, so like a, a middle and then left and right wing plus the 13 to 15 stories or whatnot. And in order to go and fix a problem, each one of these sections has its own distribution and its own um, uh, structure, mm -hmm. right? Its own structured wiring, its own its own topology. And if you now start doing the math, right? We're mm -hmm. talking about, uh, let's say, 15 floors. And now we have three areas per floor. We're talking about a building that's essentially 45 stories, yeah. right? When you really think about each area, each quadrant or whatever you want to call it, um, and so when 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 I when I when I would think to myself that yeah I've got ninety five percent of the building under control but then each time I have to address a problem I have to go to that area I have to rip everything apart I have to take uh, I have to do it at a, a certain time of day where it doesn't inconvenience anybody. Mm -hmm. I have to go with a security guard who has the keys to be able to go in and out. We have to let the right people know. It's 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 it, you know what I mean. So now all of a sudden these little tiny details become actually greater mm -hmm. than the original 90% mm -hmm. of the job that that, uh, that that was elusive like very elusive right getting done yeah and i see this as a as a musician where a good musician knows that in the middle of a show anything can go wrong Mm -hmm. And I've seen this. There's actually a, a couple famous videos. Like uh, there's a video of Aerosmith perform performing, I think, at the Grammys mm -hmm. back way back when. And uh, if you've ever seen this, when you're watching a concert and all of a sudden the singer starts putting his finger in his ear, like, <laughs> like really heavily and doing this, right? It's because his monitor's fucked off. It's uh -huh. because he can't hear the, the the music anymore. And so what they're doing is, is they're putting their fingers in their ear to try and hear the vibrations inside their skull to be able to sing on key. Oh, wow. And so this is a, that, that was a, a like a while back when that happened to Aerosmith, a lot of people um, gave him, you know, big thumbs up because they said he, he, he hit that note. It was that, I think it was that song that... Um, uh, from Apollo, that yeah, movie? yeah, not not Apollo, no. but the the, the yeah, yeah, it was the, the, the other one, yeah, uh, Ben Affleck one, yeah. Um, 
And, uh, you know, people gave him thumbs up and it was, and, and, and this kind of stuff happens all the time. Right. And when you're a professional, you relax Yeah. and you just, just go with it. And then all of a sudden you get through it and you realize I, I find anyway that sometimes getting over these little humps, well, performing. And to mm. me, I find that setting a, a large building into operation to mm. me is, is, is a performance. Mm. And it really, to me, it comes off that way because of all the preparation and planning that goes into it. It's, a, it's something that I had to orchestrate in order yep. to bring it into a scenario where I know these are the two, three weeks where, you know, the show is on and we got to make it work. And then by the time we're out of there, it's got to be stable enough that I don't have to come back, mm. at least not for some time. So two things um, that I have in mind. One is mm -hmm. a question <laughs> for you, um, but that's the second one. So maybe first, I think it also depends on the deadline. As you said, you know, it's like if you have a concert, obviously there has to happen something at that mm -hmm. very important point. So as you said, show must go on. It's different than, I guess, with me or in general, <laughs> having the deadline of a project or a product like a book mm -hmm. where you know, well, you know, it's not. there's no one waiting for that at that specific day. And uh, I think in, in either way, it's important to know what will happen if you can't meet that deadline. Mm -hmm. And that was maybe also a mistake on my end. I never really asked my publisher, but they know, no, no one told me mm -hmm. <laughs> what actually will happen. <laughs> I just read that from a couple of other authors that that could happen. And so they just moved the publication date to a different date. Mm -hmm. So not, uh, not a big deal. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you in on a really dirty secret. And I need you to give me the little notepad there. Because oh, okay. As, as, uh, as we talk, we take notes. All right. Um, this is the really dirty secret. You ready? Um, no. No. Okay. So you, you keep talking and I'll tell yeah, well, you about my dirty secret in just, a second. Just two things. Uh, again, you know, I think it's really important to consider what kind of a, a deadline is that. And also right from the beginning, make clear what will happen if you can't meet it. What are the consequences and the yeah uh, the 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 what will happen? And I think knowledge is key in that regard, you know, because of both sides of the party that went into an agreement about the deadline know what will happen when they can't meet the deadline, then there are no surprises, right? So and really, as you said, the planning I think it's a very important part. And if you don't know how long things will take because you may be new in that business or whatever, then ask someone who already mm -hmm. did it a couple times and tell them, you know, look at this. What would you think? How much I would need for that? And then put an another extra twenty percent time mm -hmm. on top of it. And all these things, I have to say, my second book is really, really an uh, example of failure like that because I didn't ask. I just kind of, you know, estimated like a year will take a year. Then it was not clear that they also want illustrations from me, which was not really mentioned in the mm -hmm. contract or anything. It just came out of the blue. And all these points together really put me under so much pressure that, uh, yeah, it, it was just not healthy. And to see how quick that can go, right? And to learn from this on the next side. So that's why I have the question for you. As you said, many people are focusing more on the big stuff, try to get that out of the way and then, mm -hmm. you know, think, okay, I'm done here. How how are you doing it and how would you say, is it better to do it? So, you know, if someone's watching right now and say, oh, well, I have a project or I have a huge project coming up and I have to plan for this, mm -hmm. um, how would you say to approach it in order to meet the deadlines? Well, again, not all deadlines are Equal. Yeah. Um, and that's the first thing right there. And I'm talking about, you know, deadlines that are pretty hard in the sense. Dead. Well, yeah, <laughs> they're, they're, you know, there are people waiting. Um, yeah. You've committed to something. Yeah. 
It's not something you can do overnight. And for me, what I mean by the classic mistake of getting all the big stuff done up front is when I do the math, and it, this is it's really just a mathematical mm -hmm. equation. Mm -hmm. um, if I have a, pr a project that needs to be done in three months, mm. and I know it's a big project, mm -hmm. right? And I've had this. I've had this exact situation. It was actually a project where we bid on the project, and we got the job because we were the only one who said that can realize the project within the time allotted. Mm. And um, the closest uh, bid to ours was a company saying that they can do it in, um, I think, uh, six to nine months with mm. um, about uh, eight employees. And I ended up doing it in three months with myself and a couple students. Yeah. And the the reason is, is because I understand how to plan these things to to prevent mm -hmm. uh, redundancies and how to prevent things from going wrong that mm -hmm. I can't handle. Mm -hmm. That's the important thing is that once I actually saw the scope and understood um, where the outliers mm -hmm. we called them mm -hmm. could be, mm -hmm. then it became a very easy mm -hmm. equation for me to be able to write. And you look at it like this. You think to yourself, okay, as I mentioned before, this is uh, an example of one of those projects where we have, you know, over 40 different areas. And yeah. um, if something goes wrong, let's say we have uh, a list of 15 things that didn't, that, that are buggy, are just not working properly. Mm -hmm. uh, how long will it really take to figure out what's wrong with these 15 mm -hmm. things to actually get to them and fix them mm -hmm. and get the right people involved to do it? That's once you start to actually see that um, these fifteen things that uh, you know could be it could just be one of the blinds is not running mm. properly mm. or um, the heating's not working in mm -hmm. a section or you know something like that. Um, there are so many different variables. I mean, it could just be a cable that's just not plugged in all the way. It could be that the, that there's a, a physical problem with one of the motors. It can you know there are so many different things that yep. can come into play, and all of a sudden when you spend your time trying to just diagnose things. Um, specifically often it's, you know, I find that people call me because I think programming is one of these things where, um, most people, they can't look into it, right? Mm -hmm. Like when you're, when your car breaks down and it, it's a, it's a sensor that has, you know, decided to break and <laughs> how are you, how are you supposed to figure that out? Yeah. Right. You, 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 you plug in a, well, you call roadside assistance, they plug in a computer and the computer says, Hey, there's a sensor broken, but, uh, the thing itself is not broken. Mm -hmm. It's just the sensor. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and this is one of these things where a lot of people, they see the programming and they assume that that's the complicated thing that is probably broken. So I often get the phone call from the customer first saying, Something's not right. Mm -hmm. Often the case is, is that it has nothing to do with me, mm -hmm. but it starts with me because I can read things out and I can mm -hmm. say what is right and what isn't. And then we can move on to the physical side. Um, and so the mathematical equation, as I mentioned, is how much time will a, a problem cost me and, and, and how likely is it that uh, a group of like a couple dozen problems that need to be worked out, how, like, if I were to spend two weeks really preparing the hell out of the project, what is the odd that that list of crap that might happen will go down? Mm. And if it does go down dramatically, now with the preparation, how will that preparation help me now solve the problems 
that can arise, mm-hmm. and will it help me? And 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 th- th- this is this is the reason why I say that is that um, when I had that project, I actually ended up spending I think a month and a half solid just working through the um, you know what I call digitally realizing the project before actually setting foot in the building. I tried to have the programming and the entire project finished before actually even going to on uh, going to the site. And a lot of people are completely against that. A mm-hmm. lot of people think, no, I'm going to go there. I'm going to start from the bottom and I'm going to work mm-hmm. my way through the top. Mm-hmm. And this is what costs the most amount of time mm-hmm. because um, as you're going through the building, you're learning about it instead mm-hmm. of learning about it first and then just, you know, doing it in chunks in in in, in, in a way that you know it's going to work, you know, um, testing everything out on a bench first. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that's the whole point is like uh, it, it, the, the short answer is really it's that, in, that mathematical equation. Mm-hmm. How much time can I invest in the beginning realistically in order to create a smooth transition mm-hmm. to meet my deadline mm-hmm. and the preparation that I'm doing? It better help me also when things go wrong, mm-hmm. right? And this is and 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 so when you start adding them up, it's the same thing as a musician. Yeah. Um. Everybody, we have we you know we we go on stage. We have our main system. We might have a redundant system. Mm. We'll have uh, another system. Uh. That's that's like a not another, but we'll have this the the complex version and perhaps the simple or the medium and then simple version. Mm-hmm. And a good example of that is on stage. We'll have our backing videos. We'll have our backing tracks. We'll have our in-ear clicks, everybody's wired up, um, who's responsible for doing what, yep. uh, these kind of things. Are we playing with real amplifiers or not? Yep. Um, and then you start to cut things back and you start to realize, and this is kind of like a really important part is, what do you need to make the bare minimum actually mm. function? And when I say bare minimum, I mean really bare minimum. And this goes to now my, my dirty secret. <laughs> no one will know Something's wrong <laughs> unless you tell them. Yeah, okay. And and I mean this uh, now from an entertainer point of view. Um, if you're if you're if you're on stage and you're playing mm-hmm. a song mm-hmm. and you're you're doing a guitar sweep and you and you and you mess up, if you don't if if you stop and make an angry face yeah, and yeah. start huffing and puffing, people are going to realize there's yeah. something wrong. I know. But if you just kind of go, if you just let your hand slide and go into the next part of the song. Nine times out of ten, I'd say even more than that, mm-hmm. people won't imagine that that's actually a mistake that mm-hmm, it happened. Mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. only know there's a mistake because you've alluded to it. Yeah, and it's the same thing in my industry. Often, case <laughs> is that if I don't tell people there's a problem, there's no problem. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, unless I'm talking to somebody who can help me with the solution, they don't need to know there's a problem. Mm-hmm. They just need to understand that I'm on mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Right. And, yeah. and so now this goes back to that, you know, when we're talking about heavier deadlines, you know, like perhaps with you and your book and all that stuff, uh, the, the, the big question might be, what are they actually expecting of you? Mm-hmm. And two, what are you expecting of yourself? Yep. They might not be the same thing. And so sometimes it's actually quite amazing to think you, you, you do all this hard work to try and get everything done. And then they only look at like 5% of it and they're like, this is amazing. And they don't, and they don't look yeah. any further because it's just th- 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 yeah. to learn to understand what you're offering 
Yeah. Uh, what it looks like from the eyes of somebody who has never seen it before is, is a very difficult thing to do. I'll get it, yeah. Right? Yeah. Now, I'm not just saying just about your book, but I'm just saying in general, this is something that I've learned over and over again. To dis- I, like, I know so many people, musicians, who have so been so disappointed that their live show didn't show, turn up the way they want. Mm. Right? And and it's and it's funny because the only person who's disappointing themselves is themselves yeah, properly. Yeah. Well, it's everybody else had play. a good time. Yeah, you know, uh, they're already groupies piling up, uh, <laughs> and and yet you know there's somebody huffing and puffing about uh, uh, his expectations not having been realized. Well, yeah, that's a whole different uh, topic of it, right? So to to really see what you what yourself can deliver, and also if you connect yourself worth to that product and you will always have issues and you will always well um yeah but i wanted to say something else mm-hmm. i think it also really has to do with um every person itself it's a very personal thing if you can handle deadlines really well just as you are i think with you you're really thriving under that as well mm-hmm. you can work well with it with me it's rather the opposite um that i'm under so much stress that i actually can't think anymore and I, I'm not productive anymore and I think especially in a very creative uh, work and in sense like for me I had deadlines but just not like for example with my PhD there was no specific date I had mm. to have it in I know some people need that in order to finish something right um, yeah. but I never I never had that problem I, I knew when I start something I will finish it mm. and maybe it takes a year or two longer <laughs> but I always finished it and that was yeah. the same with my PhD and at the end I was completely happy with how it turned out and it needed that time yeah. exactly like that and I see that with that with that book as well the first book I wrote was more like an entertainment thing, you know, there was not so much um, deeper thought into it. That's why I, it, it, it didn't um, take me that long. But with the second now, it's really something I can see is like ripening as a fruit, you know, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> um, it's it really, or like a good wine or tea, it just takes some time. And whenever I look at it again, I can see more, more connections between the different parts where I feel like it makes it even more round and complete. So, and I'm not there yet. That's why I also absolutely can feel. So with me, it's a lot with feeling. It has to feel right for me that that whatever wants to come into existence and reality through me, um, I think it's a very... Yeah, for me, it's it's a very fulfilling uh, work, writing and um, being creative, where I can really feel there's something out in the universe kind of information that goes Mm. through me and wants to come into existence. And then you have these deadlines, these very, uh, you know... um, logical and 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 i would say um (laughs) the word in english like these things would just pull you down to the Mm -hmm. ground again and you know and really are very harsh on on your work as well and that i think some people just don't like it and can't handle them well and well and this this is now that personal um growth question yeah um my 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 friend Marcus, whom we had on the TV show uh, or the oh, yeah. cast in the very beginning, who helped us with understanding scope, he often um, refers to that as the um, capacity for uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. and I've I've never had a problem with that. I think that a lot of people, it bothers them 
not knowing how things are going to be before they start. Yeah, well, that's the question of trust, I guess. Well, it's it's yeah, it's it's a little more than uh, yeah. I, I think that trust is definitely the right word to use. Um, but it's it's it, to me, it's a lot of fear. I, you mm-hmm. know, I've been I've been places with people where. I say, turn down this road, and they say, why? And I say, just an intuition. Mm-hmm. And they lose their shit mm. because it's just, it's not comprehensible for them that that be a driving factor for a decision. Mm-hmm. And yet, as I mentioned, um, with a lot of the projects I've done in the past, whether it be through uh, as, as a musician or, or you know, in the building automation mm-hmm. world, um, actually doing the preparation allows me to get the logical work done in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards to really only survive off of intuition. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so what happens is, is that when I'm in the middle of actually executing a, a large installation, a, a large set into operation, my work then becomes completely intuitive. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it has to be that way for me. And, yeah. it, and it bothers a lot of people because they want to know how things are going to be before they are and and you and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's controlling. and well it's something that you can't control i mean i can't control whether the electrician who's going to install something is going to do a good job i just yeah. can't yeah right yeah. and i know a lot of people that try to control everything by yeah. by um you know trying to micromanage every facet and it just drives them into the ground because yeah. eventually their entire life is is nothing more than a micromanagement of uh, you know, against nature because yeah. they're preventing themselves from being intuitive with their work, right? Yeah, I th- and I think that is really something, you know, where a lot of fear is involved, where there's a lack of connection to everything that is around us. And maybe also to tie that back to what I said in the beginning with um, meditation or just becoming still or being still and really feel your body, feel the the very moment, feel the essence of life where you are also can start trusting that everything will be all right. And, you know, that all the animals and plants around you kind of doing well, why wouldn't you? <laughs> why would you? And, and, you know, things are always working out and in your body, so many reactions are happening at the same time. And if you would worry about this all the time, you would go crazy. But you know, they're still working, like your heart is pumping blood or it's flowing through it. And I always thought that way to not worry that much because obviously, you know, I came through to that world that seemed to already be the hardest part of it. <laughs> and now things are can just, you know, go through you and you can live your life. Mm-hmm. There we go. Yeah. So um, I just want to say that today, you know, as far as expectance, expectations are concerned, we are live on Rockfin <laughs> Rumble. Today, we're not on Twitch. It's just sometimes it doesn't work. That's it. Huh, That's the okay. end of it. So we are today live on Rockfin Rumble, DLive, and uh, obviously within the Telegram app. And for you guys to see that, when I switch over to here, this is what the Telegram app looks like. And today, there's not a lot going on. I think that Wednesday is always kind of a bit of a <laughs> difficult day. So any of you guys out there who are interested, go and join the Smart Home Stupid People Telegram channel mm-hmm. and uh, sign up to the Smart Home Stupid chat. And then you'll be able to ask questions and post comments and even suggest show ideas between yeah. shows. And I'll be always, uh, Maddie or I will always be available to, uh, you know, answer within a, a you know, a reasonable amount of time. <laughs> so there we go. That was a very diplomatic answer. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. 
Uh, we are live on Podbean. So for all of you guys out there listening in the Podbean world, uh, it's also a quiet day today over there. Maybe it's the fact that it's the 13th today. You know, we can be a bit superstitious once in a while. What is today? Today's the 13th episode. Oh, okay. I'm going to say that's a good date. No, no, no. It's our 13th episode. And so I expected, huh. you know, they're... Already, hey? Yeah. You know, once, once the show started, I was like, oh yeah, look at that... Uh, um, Rumble didn't want to start up properly today, and then uh, I had to start the uh, Rockfin stream mm. twice today in order to get that going. So for all of you guys listening in Rockfin as well, if you want to post comments, we are monitoring the chat live as well. So uh, we will post those uh, comments online and read them out loud and yeah. bring you guys into the show. Maybe we you know what, what what you think about deadlines. How often do you <laughs> meet, your, meet your deadlines or... You know, maybe also when you when you had to, I just like break a deadline. What would how you say that in, in English? Well, just not meet a deadline. Not meet the deadline. Yeah. You know, maybe at the end that turned out to be the real, like a good thing actually. Maybe well, we that's, have any. That's the big thing is actually I'll, no. I'll tell you the amount of times that I learned to refine my work because of mm -hmm. requiring to simplify things in order to meet deadlines properly. And and for me, meeting a deadline properly also means that I have um, an overhead, or, yeah. or or what I mean by that is is uh, maybe ten fifteen percent leeway. Yeah. So that when yeah, things yeah. go wrong, I have extra time to yeah. you know yeah, yeah. over deliver uh, 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 you know <laughs> what what I actually originally intended on delivering. Yeah, there was always that saying that you told me, like you know, under, under promise, under over deliver. Pr right. Yeah. Right. And it's okay <laughs> to just sometimes only deliver what uh, is being promised. <laughs> and and it's always it, at least at least the scope has been defined and expectations yeah. have been met, and that's the end of it. And sometimes you know the person or the people or the environment, it's just it's not good yeah, yeah you want to get out of there so you know that uh you have the ability to just do the bare minimum uh yeah. what was what was expected and that's it and I, I, yeah. I find that sometimes with governmental jobs to be the case where nobody cares if it gets better or worse mm. and you can tell the system's not going to be used or yeah. you go to play a concert where you're thinking to yourself we're playing at what time and uh, <laughs> and, and I, that's happened to me quite a few times where yeah. um we show up we do our thing and then all of a sudden everything gets pushed back due to whatever reason mm. and all of a sudden we're playing at like two in the morning and no one's there and <laughs> and that, that happens too yeah. right and and yeah I learning think... to be comfortable with that is yeah. the important i think um yeah. part that actually helps me build better systems later yeah i mean you know accepting what is i think it's the first first uh, thing to also change something you know really have to accept okay wow this is what's happening right now and yep. there's nothing you can do or there's maybe something you can do and i think um i had a thought now oh, it's gone <laughs> like you're you're winding down already a little bit <laughs> no 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 hang on i'm i was right there in the middle of it um that's what the pad here is yeah for. that's true no, but I have it back. I think it's also, it always depends on how much personal you are involved in that very project. I mean, you know, writing a book is a very personal thing and it's something that you know, mm -hmm. wow, it will be out there forever, you know? And so if you feel like it needs just a little more time to to be where you where you want to have it, where mm -hmm. you feel like this is actually now it's ready, I think it's always worth it to invest that last little piece I've heard um, and I know as a musician it's also the truth that often um, a good like often a song is never completed you just choose when to stop 
Yeah, and it's yeah, the same I mean, thing with a with a painting. It's the same thing yeah. with a, a book. Yeah, it is that uh, you can uh, you can <clears throat> correct little grammatic errors and issues until the cows come home, and it doesn't make it so. <laughs> well, that's that's something different. I think you know, as you said, you have to choose when to stop, and I think this is an important thing. Yes, I mean, still with my first book, there are still typos I find sometimes, or people still right. write me. It's like you know, I think this is not correct here. There is a mistake in, it, in the wording or whatever, and I learned to live with that. <laughs> These things can happen, but to to stop for me means that you know I'm at the point where I know I have said everything I wanted to say in that mm -hmm. specific regards. You know, now it's 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 all in what I wanted to deliver, what I wanted to provide to the world as a information and mm -hmm. then you can go and don't worry about the rest anymore you know yeah i think that's 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 different where you as you said it's also about scope you know if you have the scope that you'll have to have to look through the text as long as you will find all the little mistakes well then mm -hmm. you drive yourself nuts but if it's really about okay you feel it's finished you've said everything that you wanted and it makes sense then let, you can let go of it yeah yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Or uh, you know, it's time to just move on to the next project. That's all. Yeah, absolutely. I actually, I, th I think that's actually also a good sign where you realize you have to stop, where you don't want to do it anymore, where you feel like I'm tired of it. <laughs> you know, when it's getting really hard and you just don't want to, you can't see it anymore, you can't read through it anymore. Yeah. Where you feel like, oh, I, I've, I've. I've talked too much about it already. Now I want to move on to a different yeah. topic. I and always have that. This is now the big part um, that I just call, you know, it's, it's logically called strategy. And what that means, I don't worry about that. Okay. And uh, what what I mean by that is it's, it's one thing to ha have a strategy in order to execute what it is that you're doing. But mm -hmm. it's also important to know and to ask yourself when you're done with this, is there going to be another gig? Is mm. there going to be another book coming up? Is there going to mm -hmm. be another project of equal or or greater mass that you have to then mm -hmm. also deal with? Mm -hmm. And so now there's also the the strategy of longevity, mm -hmm. right? And this is something that I find, uh, for me, I struggle with. That's actually probably one of my greatest struggles is that I want to do a lot of different stuff. Mm. But trying to do them at the same time robs me of the ability to actually yeah. focus on it. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and and sometimes it's my health that suffers. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. I realize sometimes I sleep on job sites, you know, mm. sometimes I'll, I'll go halfway across the country and I'll live on a job site for two, three weeks and yeah. get something in, until it, until it's done. And during that whole time, you know, um, I don't see proper sunlight. I, yeah. uh, my diet becomes poor. I, um, yeah, it's just not healthy. Eh? Well, it's not that it's not healthy. I actually find it to be quite exhilarating and, and there is a health factor there for me. Mm. The exhilaration actually gives me life energy, I find. Mm -hmm. But when that, when it, when two weeks becomes five weeks, mm. then all of a sudden you start run, you know, you start winding down yeah, yeah. or you come back from that. You can't jump into another project like that. Mm. And this is the idea for me. I've always enjoyed doing things in waves. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Here's the time to really fu uh, function. Here's the time to perform, and here's the time to rest. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and that, to me, I think that uh, an important deadline to me is 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 the ability to rest and heal. Yeah. Because I can't I can't go on to the next thing until and yeah. I feel like that right it's now. Attacked, uh, you know, really with my life, I find that whenever autumn comes and then the big gray season in Germany starts hitting, <laughs> I think it's important for me to be able mm. to just stop for a little bit yeah. until I have the energy to do something. And it's not always.
always easy, specifically when you're working with other people who don't share that same idea. Yeah. Right. Well, it's just as as it works in nature, you know. Now it's like with the seasons, you can see that in autumn, the animals prepare already themselves for winter time. They find mm -hmm. a place where they want to stay over winter if they hibernation, uh, hibernating or something, or you know, putting their little food uh, storages together and yeah. all that, and just. The leaves are falling down. The trees are kind of um, seeking their energy into the the cores and all that. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a very natural cycle that once we worked a lot through the year and we created a lot, that now we can really harvest it and we can look at what we what we've made and we mm -hmm. can reflect on it, and then we can just relax and gather gather new energy for the next year. There we go. Yeah. So why don't you tell everyone where they're going to be able to find your book when it comes out? <laughs> And uh, yeah. then we're going to cut loose for tonight. Yeah, well, um, so the the book, well, so far it will only be published in, in German from uh, by the Pieper publisher. And you'll find them on my website, martinsiege.com. But hopefully, just as the first book, uh, I'm very, um, I'm very... Um, much hoping or I, I'm actually pretty sure <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that it will also be translated into English and other languages just as the first book and so hopefully will be available in English as well and maybe also you know French whatever and so yeah but that will take a little longer than actually my book now would have been published in January next year I don't know what how they will change it probably just a couple couple weeks or months you know later It mm -hmm. will come out eventually. That's right. <laughs> and also there will be drawings in it as well. It's actually always something that's really nice with me because I like drawing, illustrating. I'm not a real illustrator and really never really learned it, but I just drew a lot when I was a teenager, a child, and later on in my science career, mm -hmm. I just kind of, you know, uh, it just happened. And so just for the first book, I will also do some illustrations um, for my second book. And yeah, so I'm excited about this. Well, it will be really nice. Um, so once it's out, I'll let you know. All right. <laughs> so there we go. Final yeah. words from Madeline. Her book's coming out soon. She's got a big deadline to meet. Everybody out there, give her <laughs> lots of love and make sure that... Uh, Thank you. You know, at least she has the nice emotional support of the listening audience and the world out broad. That's nice to hear. Absolutely. And again, I already learned so much from it. I already am very... Um, very proud of myself as well that I put my needs first. Um, I think it's important to see that and also realize at one point if it's not, if you you can't give more, then, you know, it's just time to stop. And so. Can't give more than you got. Yeah, true. <laughs> and right? also giving other people, you know, sometimes that was something actually a friend of me uh, of mine told me, I think it's also a good lesson or something to keep in mind that whenever you try to, you know, also save other people from, from stress, you know, like with me, the publisher and everyone who's involved and now they have to make extra effort because of me. Um, but also for them, it's kind of maybe part of the learning process. Maybe mm -hmm. there's something they can grow from as well. And if I always try to keep that away from people because I think, you know, it's too much stress for them, then I actually really, um, yeah, I, I kind of, I'm controlling, but also preventing them from maybe coming into the situations where they have to face some problems in their life as well. Yeah, and growing absolutely. from it. Yeah, people have to learn to face their own problems. Yeah. And this is something that I've said many times over, um, It, look, even even as uh, this is something that I see when trying to hire the right person, um, mm. as a musician, it's a big thing. I find I find that uh, people who are easygoing can always learn. 
Yeah. People who are not easygoing, it doesn't matter how much talent they have, they quickly become useless. Right. Mm. And it, it that, that, that I translate that in the sense uh like to what you're saying, because if somebody has the will and the desire to fuel themselves yeah. and they're easygoing, yeah. then then it's it's very it's it's a pleasure to yeah. help them and uh, to to give them the tools that they require in order to achieve the things that they yeah. want to do. But yeah. if I'm forcing my idea as to what I want them to be yeah. onto them. Yeah. Um, there will be resistance, you know, yeah. most likely there will be resistance and and there won't be a lot of appreciation for the stuff that I'm trying to offer. So yeah. therefore it's best not to offer. Yeah. And I think it's also a question of empathy and just, you know, being human and, and trying mm -hmm. to really work with other people um, to support them and to help if someone needs help that you just help and be nice. Yeah. Again, no. if I see that that person yeah. um, actually wants to well, do it themselves, that's, 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 uh, that's right. <laughs> circumstance, yes. Exactly. All right. All okay. right, everybody. This has been a great Smart Home Stupid People episode. Yeah. Um, as I previously mentioned, we are live on Rockfin Rumble. Today we are not on Twitch. Normally we are. DLive and within our Telegram channel mm. and chat. Also, Audio World on Podbean. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. So we will be back here this Sunday. We don't know what the topic will be. <laughs> we uh, today was an example. Cats on sofa. <laughs> Today's an, a, an example of how we uh, pulled the topic out of a hat and just kind of rolled with it before coming on. Right? <laughs> we we asked each other, okay, well, what are we dealing with right now, yeah. um, and what Absolutely. do we like to talk about? And if you guys have any topics and ideas, smart home stupid chat in Telegram. Mm -hmm. Write it in there. Let us know. And we'll uh, bring it into a reality perhaps next time. Yep. So Sunday at 6 p.m. <laughs> Central European time. That is also noon Eastern Standard Time for you guys in North America. Yeah. And other than that, um, I wish you that you meet your deadlines. And if you don't, don't worry. The world will still spin. And uh, yeah. Most likely. Most likely. All right. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Unless everybody. it's your deadline and your task to make the earth spin, then it won't anymore. Okay, yeah. now I think I have to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Maddie's done for today. I'm done for but today. I, I still think there are funky words of wisdom. Oh, everybody okay. out there, have yourselves a wonderful evening. We'll see you Sunday. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye.